This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Theaters haven't seen much action for the past couple of years. And after a brief jump start, the recent surge of Omicron cases postponed and even canceled several performances at the last minute. So is the Chicago theater community going to be okay after yet another lousy winter season? When will we be able to return to see the curtain rise on shows like we used to? Chris Jones may not have all the answers, but he's going to give it his best shot. He's the chief theater critic for the Chicago Tribune. Welcome back to Reset, Chris. My pleasure. So theaters have been on a real roller coaster ride for the past few years. How many local theaters thought that this winter, before Omicron, would have been the comeback season? Well, I think everybody was anticipating the fall, and that included the more conservative theaters who sat out last spring, say, and sat out last summer. They thought the fall was going to be, you know, a sort of a, I, I, I would say not necessarily a return to normalcy, but a progressive return. And what happened is something quite different, where there was a window of opportunity for those shows. And then, of course, we know the rest of it. You know, the variant showed up. Uh, many of the theaters then, you know, essentially had to abandon their plans. Um, I, I was just so struck recently of how little theater there actually is this January compared to, you know, all the years I've been doing this. There's nothing at Steppenwolf until March. There's nothing uh, at so many of our major theaters. Chicago Shakespeare Theater doesn't have anything in person until March. Normally this weekend coming up is one of the busiest of the year. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not that there's nothing, but it's maybe 25% of a normal year, I would say. Yeah, it looks very different this year. How many local theater groups would you say have been totally shut down, Chris? Well, I would say a good 50% of them, if not higher than that. And, you know, most of them do have plans to come back in March, April, May. And I think if you take the optimistic view, which many of us do, you know, that in another six to eight weeks, it's possible that this entire landscape might look different. And then I think, you know, people will know where they are. But one of the things about theater producing is it costs a lot of money to do, even on a small level. It still, you know, involves capital and that the capital is spent up front, you know. And so people are obviously reluctant to blow their budget on a show that could well be closed down after a week of performances. It's just the lack of certainty is what I think is frustrating people. Some businesses like restaurants, for instance, Chris, you know, they had to get really creative in order to reopen. We saw things like outdoor seating. Uh, We saw no contact takeout. Is a similar approach an option for theaters? Well, I think certain precautions have been widely accepted by the audience. Uh, I I just uh, saw the MJ show, Michael Jackson show on Broadway last night, and everyone is sitting quite happily in masks, for example, Everyone is having a good time in masks. They are checking vaccines and boosters in some cases on the way into the theater. And I think audiences have accepted that. I think they would prefer eventually, of course, for those things to go away. But I think there's been near total acceptance of it by the people who are going to the theater. Now, what, of course, we don't know is whether that's keeping some people away. But I think in Chicago, it's not keeping that many people away um, that has been, you know, a, a positive, I think, is the audience's acceptions, uh, accept, um, acceptance of these safety precautions. And that's been a good thing. But I, but I think, too, that the theaters, at the end of the day, they can't produce like a restaurant can sort of move the tables a little bit or reduce capacity. But yeah. that never works in the theater because the economic model rarely works if you've only got, you know, 25% of your seats that you can sell. And that's just been very difficult for them. Well, what's the emotional toll that this has been taking on on the theater companies and their staff? 
I think the emotional toll has been enormous. I, I think, you know, for one thing, there's a financial toll where the theatre is dominated by freelance artists, obviously, and those freelance artists um, have been simply without income for a, lo- for a long period of time. There's been some aid, which I think has been very welcome. And I think, frankly, if there wasn't that aid, we wouldn't be having this conversation. We'd be having a very different one. But, but I still think that those artists are, for the most part, sort of figuring out their futures, you know. I mean, some people have to have a job and soon. And I think that we are seeing some loss of talent within our theatre community. Mm. My hope is that it's temporary and that, that, you know, and that that's a very important thing. But the other thing is that the theatres, when they come back, have to know that and they have to treat their artists well because people have been through such a ringer on this entire thing that I think the old way of doing business isn't going to cut it anymore, really. Well, as you, you talk about loss of talent, Chris, I wonder if you've heard concerns that this hiatus from theater might cause theaters to lose their audiences once they are able to fully reopen. Are people going to be interested in going back? So, you know, Sasha, I think that's the million dollar question that no one has the answer to. And I don't certainly have the answer to. I think there is the loyal core audience that definitely will come back to the theater. The people that support the fine nonprofits in Chicago, they're very dedicated. They already have proven they'll come back because they did that in the fall. But the rest of the audience is a bit of an unknown. And, you know, people often refer to muscle memory to use a sort of athletic metaphor, which Mm -hmm. is people were in the habit of going to the theater. And a lot of us now, of course, that habit has changed. People maybe are watching more Netflix or they're they're not really, they they need a bit more of a case to leave their house. So I think that's a worry, but I remain very optimistic. I think at the end of all this, there's going to be pent up demand again. And I think people will be anxious to get out and to socialize. They just have to feel secure. And I really hope that we can get there because I think our city is greatly diminished if we don't. Well, I'm going to ask you to dip, uh, you know, use your crystal ball once again and, and tell us what you think is the timeline here for a recovery. Is it well, months? I, is it years? Again, you no know, one really knows. I think it's not months or years. I think hopefully it's weeks. Okay. And I think that we, we're in a sort of a, there's nothing going to happen here for a couple of months. I think everything over the next couple of months in the arts is going to be fraught and difficult to produce, and we'll see low audiences. I'm, I'm seeing them all the time in New York and Chicago. You know, shows that are very good, uh, that should have huge demand, just don't right now. But I think once we get to spring break and we get to Easter and we get to warmer weather and we get to, let's all hope, the retreat of the variant and people's attitudes begin to become more optimistic, I think by late spring, we'll be in a much better place. And that's, that's you know, that's my, uh, that's my thought. I mean, of course, I've been wrong before on this. I didn't think it would last this long. Who did? Yeah. But I feel, I feel that this is what's going to happen. So I think we just have to get through as a city and as an artistic community We just have to get through about the next two months. And then I think the picture's more rosy. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We are talking with Chris Jones, who's chief theater critic for the Chicago Tribune, about the state of theaters as we enter our third year of the pandemic. Coming up on the program, frigid temperatures call for warm comfort food, maybe soup and bread. We'll hear from a community meal project as part of our Food Friday series. So stay tuned for that conversation. Chris, how would you compare the the struggle uh, when it comes to large theater organizations uh, to, say, smaller operations or even independent artists? 
Well, I think it's been hardest for independent artists because there simply hasn't been the same level of government help available for independent artists. There's been some, but a lot of institutions were buoyed by the uh, the payroll protection uh, aid and also by the sort of Save Our Stages, the Shuttered Venue Operators Grant. I think it's not overstating it to say that if the Shuttered Venue Operators Grant, which is a program, federal program that gave money to dark theaters, basically, had that not happened, I think half of our companies would have gone bankrupt mm. because of that it was a crucial, crucial piece of federal aid. And that I think a lot of people in the theater now are hoping that that continues and that government gets a little more involved, which, of course, is typical in every country other than this one. But it, it's it's. You know, that has been really crucial. I think the large companies are probably in better shape. Some of them have, of course, very good boards, uh, very affluent boards. Some of them have very good uh, individual donors. I think the very small companies have been able to hibernate a little bit, perhaps, Mm -hmm. and maybe those will be able to come back. As always in Chicago theater, it's the mid-sized companies that are trying to pay people living wages that don't have the deep-pocketed boards. Those are the ones where I think, you know, the city is going to have to support them as they recover. The, the other thing that happened is that different choices were made about shutting down. Like, so some companies basically kept sort of struggling along. They kept people employed. They kept, you know, the buildings open. They, or at least, you know, by open, I mean they, they had the lights on and they were doing maintenance and they had all their staff. Other companies sort of completely got rid of everybody. The, the companies in the latter category now have to basically restart. So it's a question of hiring new people and that kind of thing. But many of those companies in that second category had no choice mm. because there simply wasn't the revenue to support continued operations. It's just been, I, you know, I still can't believe I'm having this conversation two years. I mean, it's Yeah, that's the shocking part. <laughs> no one expected this. No. No, no. one. And, and the fact that they've survived these theaters as well as they have, is kind of a miracle and, you know, all credit to them. But some theaters, you know, according to your latest piece, they've been able to make the best out of this downtime, right? Well, I think some theaters have been able to focus on a new building, like, for example, North Light Theater in Skokie and um, Definition Theater, which is, you know, got a new plan for the South Side. Those guys have been able to um, put their energy into raising money for their new building and, They've had time to sort of focus on that. And I think a lot of other companies have been able to focus more on their mission and maybe more issues of equity and been able to just do what you do. You know how it is. You have a job like mine where every day there's the show and you're sudden, you know, every day you've got the day-to-day pressure of something. Mm -hmm. That's true in the theater, but it hasn't been true for a little while. And so that's allowed, I think, for some people to sort of, think think through what they're doing now the downside of that is some people have decided i don't want to do this anymore like everyone else in america but it's but i think a lot of people have also translated that into sort of institutional growth institutional caring and i think in the case of individual artists a lot of folks have sort of thought about themselves and about their lives and about where they want to go mm-hmm. and so hopefully at the end of all this we have a better theater community in chicago I'm curious your thoughts on this, because some theaters like Victory Gardens and Mercury, they're also taking this time to find new creative or artistic directors. Do you think these, yeah, do you think these kinds of changes in leadership during such an unpredictable time as you laid out, does that make sense? 
I think it's just, a, in some ways, it's a coincidence because a lot of it is generational change and some of it is 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 an, an attempt to have a lot of new voices in positions of, you know, artistic leadership who we've not heard from before. I don't think much of that had a lot to do with COVID uh, per se, but the thing in Chicago is it all happened at the same time. So we have a sort of a huge number of theaters with new artistic directors or searching for artistic directors. The problem with that, of course, is that then you've got to start up with somebody new and a new artistic vision, maybe at a time when you would prefer just to kind of, you know, get the lights back on and, you know, do what you were doing before. But on the other hand, it is a kind of fresh start for these theaters. We've had this period of sort of not much going on. These new leaders, once they're all hired, can come in and they can do their thing, and it'll feel like it's a new era. And I think that's going to be very interesting to watch. This Chicago theater, we can say this 100% for certain, is not going to be the same. Yeah. It is just not. The changes um, from COVID, some of them are going to be permanent, and it's going to be a different community. And that is a good thing in many ways. But also, you know, we need the community to be vibrant. We also downtown, we need the theaters. It's true downtown Chicago, downtown Evanston. Those theaters generate business for restaurants and they're crucial to employment. They're crucial to safety in the loop because you get more people on the streets. All of that is a vital part of the ecosystem of the city. So much at stake here. Before I let you go, Chris, we know COVID numbers are slowly trending downward here in Chicago. We keep hearing that we are, we've reached the peak of Omicron. Is this the time for theaters to jump on that momentum or should they wait until there's a longer all clear? Well, I think, you know, that's a very difficult gamble for theaters at the moment. I think people have different views and I think both views are justifiable. Some people are soldiering on, on the theory that it's better to keep going rather than have to, you know, stop the cruise ship and then restart the engines. So I find that a completely laudable way to go. I, I think that theaters are able to have these safety precautions for audiences. Some people are very, already comfortable going to the theater with a mask on and vaccinated people and so on. That's fine. And I think other people have just decided, maybe because they've been burned with all these other false starts you know, over the last two years, that they're going to wait. And I think that's okay, too. I just want all of them you know, to get back up and running. And I hope it's sooner rather than later. Chris Jones is the chief theater critic for the Chicago Tribune. Chris, thank you so much. Thanks so much, Sasha. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.